Hey, let's rise as one. I think uh, it's time for a standing ovation. I'm going to stand still. A four-time premiership winner, the great Steve Ella, the Zip Zip Man, joins us on this Saturday morning. Good morning, mate. Great to have you on the show. Oh, hey, Steve. Hey, Mickey B. How you going, guys? Look, we're well. Uh, before we talk footy, can I just say the Caring for the Coast Awards, held Thursday night at the Entertainment Grounds, one of the best awards nights I think I've ever been to. Just a beautiful feeling in the room. And the first award was Excellence in Aboriginal Healthcare. Gawal Macha, or Many Hands, this beautiful therapy garden at Lake Haven was the winner. Yeah, we've been trying to look at um, making the, the area up there at um, Lake Haven a bit more culturally suitable for our young people to go in. And um, they've been able to do that. Yeah, it's a wonderful facility now. And... Uh, yeah, as an award that was really well uh, well deserved, and yeah, the award night was uh, was really really a special night for a lot of our um, services and workers in the hospital because they do 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 a great job um, trying to support our community and their health needs. Yeah, couldn't agree more. They're heroes of our local community. We've just seen another try here, by the way, Zip Zip Man. You would have loved it, uh, Terrigal, a runaway <laughs> try, Butte seventeen or uh, it was like turning back the clock back to the early 80s. Uh, a man in the number four jersey from Parramatta uh, streaking away again. You've got, you got a good memory, Mickey. Oh, I certainly do, mate. And, mate, you must be, you know, you look back on that period for Parramatta and, and what amazing uh, period it was. And, you know, it's the halcyon days and it's always referred to, you know, all the Parramatta supporters will always refer back to that uh, golden age. Um, we're now seeing something similar uh, with this Panther side, mate, and uh, what similarities do you see between, you know, what you had back then in the 80s um, and, and what you're seeing now with this uh, Penrith side, which have been so dominant over the last four years? Well, I think the main thing that I, that I look at, Nick, is when um, one, of the, I suppose one of the main areas that we worked on was limiting mistakes in, in the, the way that we played and putting pressure on the other team to make mistakes and capitalise them. And that's what Penrith do. Penrith are really good at putting pressure on other teams. They don't make many mistakes. Um, they have a really simple game plan, and it works for them. And, um, and that was very similar to us. We had a simple game plan that worked for us. But, but you can have those game plans and, and put pressure on teams, but you need the players that can carry out those special moments. And um, Penrith's got that, and, and I think that was something that we had as well. So, it was, yeah, they're, a, they're certainly a, a talented and, uh, and well-coached team. Yeah, you know, we can look back, and we saw it last night, that first half. They didn't make a mistake. Their completions were 19 from 19, 20 from 20, whatever it was. Like, it was 100%, which was amazing. Then, you know, I look at, you know, we go back to, you know, that side, Parramatta side. Uh, Brett Kenny, Peter Sterling, Mick Cronin, Steve Eller, Eric Groth, Ray Price, you know, um, Peter Wynn. Like, you just keep rattling off these names, and, and I dare say... We're probably going to be doing the same thing, and it you know follows on from what you said about you you know the game plan is pretty simple, but you've got to have the people and the talent to be able to execute it. And you know we're going to be talking about the likes of a Cleary, a Luai, Dylan Edwards, uh, probably in similar breath to what we talk about this great Parramatta side uh, from the 80s. Um, and, and that really excites me to be able to see these guys and the way they perform on such a regular basis. And you know what? They do it so calmly. Like, I, I just see them run out last night. I went last year to the grand final. And I just see the way they embrace the big moments. And I dare say you probably had that with your uh, crew back then in the 80s. Just the big moments, they actually thrived on it. Well, I think the big moments, you, you're trained for the big moments. You, you, you do a lot of work mentally to, to be able to 
to tell yourself when it happens, it just comes naturally to you. And that's something I know the Penders do. They do a lot of work around their, their mental preparation and the way that they, they see the game. And we're very similar in a lot of ways where you know, we've done a lot of, lot of work. It was probably at the start of the process of, of understanding, preparing for a game mentally. So um, we've done a lot of work on visualisation around certain moments in the game and going over and over in, in your head. And so when it actually happens in a game, it actually becomes automatic to you. So they're just little things like that, which uh, you don't think much about when you're, when you're doing it because then it becomes automatic. And, and then later on in life, you think, but yeah, that really did work. And I see Penrith do that. They, they do the big moments easy. And, um, and you're right, they don't, they're not flustered. And they, they just get up and keep going, which is you know, really nice to see, actually. They're really a good thing to watch. Steve, on a rival network last week, I heard Peter win. And it was a fantastic interview about that early 1980s period, but in particular when Parramatta win its first grand final in 1981. And can you share a few memories of that night and Jack Gibson in particular? So his famous speech, Ding Dong, the witch is dead. Well, I suppose, I mean, it's always a nice memory to have, but I suppose um, there was... When we, it was nice, I was nice to win at the ground, at the cricket ground, because it's still my favourite ground in Sydney cricket ground. Um, but it was, we didn't realise how important it was for, for the supporters. And um, we've seen Parramatta win, uh, lose to Premiership two um, grand finals previously, and, and seen it disappointed supporters were. But we didn't. I suppose that because a lot of us were young blokes, we didn't realise how important it was to the supporters. And uh, uh, the way the bear reacted, the way that the Ed reacted, and, and, and the crow, I mean, that was that was special. But what what come I suppose what hit us was when we got back to Parramatta League Club. There was around like ten, fifteen thousand people outside the Leeds Club, um, about a kilometre away from the ground. We had to get a police escort for the bus to actually get through the crowd to get the bus to the to the club. Um, getting off the bus was mayhem, and, and there wasn't a spare bit of um, floor in the in the Leeds Club at all. And it was just just I've never seen it so packed. And anyway, we've gone upstairs to the at the Farmhouse Chinese restaurant, looked out the window, and I've burned down the um, Parramatta's uh, home ground, Cumberland Oval. Um, and then after that, we went up to the auditorium, and um, uh, that's when Jack um, said those famous words. And um, yeah, it was just one of those special moments. And, and for me, it was it was probably more special for me because it was the first time I got to see my mum after the grand final. Because they they forced her in there, pushed her in there, and helped her get up to the up to the stage where we were on stage. And um, it was the first time I seen my mum after uh, after we won. So that was a special moment because um, yeah, it was, it was seeing, seeing her crying about. Um, really started to hit home again as well. But the supporters were uh, next level and it was just one of those special things and, and I suppose even even though that was nice for us back then, we we uh, we want to see Parramatta have more success. We don't want to be the last teams to, to, to be a, a premiership winner at Parramatta and I know Mickey B they they went close and, and they probably should have won it. And um, it would have been nice for for the club for them to do that. But you now we want to see Parramatta be successful. I the um I love when you talk about earlier on about you know the young players you know obviously yourself, Brett Kenny Stolo coming through with the young guys and you had this mix of uh, the more experienced players, and I look at the similarities with this Penrith side now like you know a lot of these kids have grown up together they've played with and against each other for such a long time now and um, you know it's you know they're having the success on the back of that. Uh, you know, combinations, that understanding of each other and um, that belief in each other. And again, you know, when you look at Jerome Luai last night, you know, four weeks ago he busted his shoulder. Um, but the, he didn't shirk his responsibility one iota last night and 
all the players around him ensured that you know they protected him wherever he needed to be protected and I guess you also had that special bond uh, with the Eels back in the day where you know those veterans or those you know more experienced guys were uh, guiding the, the younger guys and ensuring they're doing the their bit and uh, leading the way oh definitely Mika was probably one of the one of the good things about our team was that we had a lot of older players. Um, like um, Bob O'Reilly was in his 30s. The Crow was, was um, he's seven years older than us. Uh, yeah. was, was mid, like just started mid 30s. So, um, and they've been through the ringer for a long, for a long, long time in the in the NRL. We, we bought um, Kevin Stevens over. Everyone said we wouldn't win a comp for Kevin Stevens. So probably the best front on defender um, that, that I've ever seen, and, and, and tough as nails. Um, Peter Wynn was 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 great. Steve Sharp for us was fantastic. And these are players that I suppose other clubs thought weren't up up to it to, for us to be in the grand final. But what Penrith Four was doing, very simple, what our four was doing, is they they hold their own and they do their job and they do it really well. And if they do the job really well, you, then you, you expect your backs to actually um, do what they need to do. And that's probably laid in all the foundations that we had in the backs was always laid by our forwards. And, Mm. And uh, yeah, we we got a lot of accolades for the, our backline, and probably a pretty special backline. But our forwards laid the foundation for us to do what we needed to do. Steve, I've got a two-pronged question here. So the first part of it, can you share a little story about where you gained your incredible skill and speed, and who were some of the people instrumental in developing those skills? Part two of the question, though, is you've got a special place in history. In 1985, you're part of the first ever New South Wales team to win a State of Origin series, and can you share some stories about what that was like as well? Um, well I'll say first, firstly, um, I had um, I got three older brothers, and and uh, we, just, we used to play footy in the backyard, and um, with all them and their mates, and they were always bigger and stronger, and and, uh, and um, probably more clumsier than than I was. So I had to learn to, to run because I, I was always trying to bash our younger fellas. So um, you had to learn to protect yourself and get away from them. So, and I also used to play, um, used to play footy down with my cousins down the, um, on Tasman Street down in La Perouse. And used to have 20, 30 people playing footy. And yeah, it was always, I was on the road mostly, so yeah, um, it was always um, handy to have a bit of speed and, and um, stay away from getting hit. So you learn very quick. You've got to protect yourself. And, and um, so that's one thing. But my uncles also were very instrumental in, in, in developing as a young bloke. And, um, and uh, also my yeah my, my dad was also spending that as well and none of that in their support. Um, Mate, was sorry just to interrupt you. Were some of those cousins uh, yeah. Mark, Gary, and Glenn at all? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, they, so they did all right as well. Eh? <laughs> what a game that would be at My goodness, that, that would well, be the better. Funny, the funny thing about it is that their older brother Rodney played for South. Is that right? So, yeah, um, right. Yeah, so, so Rodney he, before any of them. Um, before they played Australian schoolboys, Rodney was playing um, only twenty threes at South, yeah, right. and um, their um, their uncle was um, Bruce Lapa Stewart, who was playing for the Roosters. Oh yeah, so, of um, yeah, there was a bit of fair bit of talent down there. So mate, was, that would have been one hell of a game to watch. Brother. Hey, uh, what well, we might do if it's so... better? <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. Winners in 92, 93, 97, 98, 2000, 2006. Runners-up in 2015 in one of the greatest grand finals ever. Can they get to another grand final against the Warriors? Wow. The Warriors. I give the Warriors a real chance, but let's find out what the expert thinks. Firstly, Steve Eller, thanks for staying with us. 
Zip Zip Man, as everyone likes to call you, mate. And uh, can we just uh, go back to that question about 1985 and what it meant to win Origin for the first time for New South Wales? I suppose we'd come through a couple of years of, of being beat, and um, in some of those games we got beat fairly convincingly because I, I don't think we, in the early stages, understood the importance of state of origin. But come at 80, 85, we, we started to get our heads around it, and um, yeah, we, we we got we beat Queensland um, in that game at uh, Sydney Cricket Ground, and um, yeah, and then we with Steve uh, Steve Mortimer as the captain, and to see, to see how passionate he was. Um, it was infectious through, through the whole team, and it was just one of those uh, special nights that you have. And then the next year, I think we backed it up to, to win the series 3-0, which was uh, the first time we'd done that. But um, yeah, it was just one of those special nights and uh, special moments you have in your in, in your in your career and um, yeah, your treasure. And and, uh, and once again, you don't realise how important that is for the supporters, and, and it was just wonderful for New South Wales supporters, uh, I suppose, to, to experience that for the first time. And and uh, now they're hungry for it, which is, which is really nice to see. With so many amazing moments in your career, Zip, what one, you know, do you put on the pedestal? Which one is, you know, top of the podium? And, and again, it's hard to isolate or identify one of them, but is there one that just stands out that you just go, you know what, if I could live that day again, uh, that would be, you'd die a happy man. Yeah, probably, probably Mickey was, I mean, it's, it's sort of, it's probably the thing I'm most proud of, but the thing which, which is the most difficult in my life as well, because... I made the kangaroo tour in '82, and it's something I've been, um, I've been working, I've been working towards or dreaming about since a kid. So finally being picked in the kangaroo tour uh, for the Australian team um, was a dream come true, and I worked really hard for it. Went through my injuries and come back from all that sort of stuff. But that was probably the the one thing that sticks out as the, the one of the things that actually I'm most proud of. Now the grand finals, and they're, they're, they're very proud of them as well. But the, the Making the Australian team was was very special. The, the the hard part of that was my um my wife at the time was um was pregnant and um I had to make a decision do I go or don't I go. So um my baby my my, my daughter Kristen was born six days after I left and um so it was really it was hard being away but it was it was probably the hardest decision I had about to make and I still don't know whether it's a right or wrong decision. Um but it's it's one of those things that you you do um uh, as a young bloke you you. You try and make decisions which is going to benefit your family long term, and I suppose I was looking at that and, and looking at how how I'm going to reach the dream that I've had all my life, and, and then yeah, then I had my daughter Kristen being born six days after, after I left, which made it more difficult. So probably the most most important part of my life, but also the most probably the hardest as well. So, yeah, I think you know what it's an interesting. It's an interesting thing that because you know I think you know we're talking about forty years ago when this occurred, and so. Yeah. It was a different time back then, okay? And I'm not saying it's right or wrong, whatever it is, but it was just a different time. Where it's, um, and again, you know, how you perceive that and whatever else. Um, you know, again, mate, it's, I could only imagine how torn you were in between, you know, that decision. You know, this is, you know, such and, a... And, and to still analyse that decision all these years later. later yeah, uh, yeah, I love hearing Steve talk about his green and gold jumper because I know mm. you feel the same way, Buttes, pulling on the green and gold, that that's the ultimate for a rugby league player. Steve, uh, it's been awesome to share some memories with you, mate. Uh, what are your thoughts of tonight's absolute blockbuster? I think the only negative around this game is the fact that if you're a New Zealand Warriors fan and you're back in NZ, you've got to wait till 10pm virtually to see the game. So I feel like the NRL could have moved it forward, but who wins against the Brisbane Broncos and the Warriors? 
Well, look, the way the Warriors have been playing, they've been fantastic. And um, like it's been a real pleasure to watch them play. And Sean Johnson's been probably special this year. And I'm just, just marvel how that coach has got them to be able to do what, what they're doing. He's done a wonderful job. And, um, yeah, he's he's certainly, to me, the coach of the year by a long way. I suppose when I'm looking at both teams and the, and the talent in both teams, I, I just think the Broncos have got a little bit more, a bit more pace. Um, and I think... They've handled some of the bigger moments this year really well, and uh, I, I just think they're, they're going to have a, bit, a little bit more than what the, the um, Warriors have. But the Warriors are just going to—they're going to put up a great fight. It's going to be a great game. Yeah, yeah Steve. Remember, I mean, toss the toss the coin, but I think I think the Broncos will get them. Hey, congratulations, mate, on absolutely every everything you've achieved on the field and. I said to you on Thursday night that I feel like what you've done off the field is just as significant, if not mm. more so, in the Aboriginal health space. And that was a fantastic night, the caring for the Coast Awards. We're rising as one. It's another standing ovation for the Zip Zip Man, <laughs> four-time Premiership winner, Steve Eller. Thank you so much for your time. Well, thanks, guys. Appreciate your time. You enjoy your day.